Hola and welcome to Arrest on the Mix. My name is Ben Tallon. This is the Original Thinking and Creative Innovation Podcast. Welcome back to all my regulars. Hello everyone who's new. I hope you're good. I hope you're feeling creative. I hope you're feeling excited about whatever it is you're up to today. Uh, cheers for checking in. means a lot. Uh, keep the feedback coming on previous shows, on today's episode at Arrest Ormonix on the Twitter. Um, the weather is dinosaur trash. <laughs> um, Andy Council is on the show today. Awesome street artist, illustrator, uh, dabbled in animation. He's uh, a very talented, versatile, creative, and he's a top guy. And he comes all the way from the southwest <laughs> to come and chat to me. Uh, we talk about Bristol, we get into all that stuff. We talk about the scene there, the creative scene, uh, his large scale work. Everything that's going on, the origin of the dinosaurs, but we'll get to all that very soon. First of all, I have to thank my sponsors who keep the show free for you guys every week. Illustration Web, illustrationweb.com. That's my agency. They're a fantastic bunch of people representing over 200 artists right across the board. Animation, illustration, set design, lettering, fashion, live, large scale, you name it. They're doing it. They're pushing forward all the time and they're a good bunch. Um... So go and check them out, illustrationweb.com, founding sponsor. Thanks for the support. Heartinternet.co.uk, um, my digital sponsor. So they give us a little tip every week that's relevant for all of us in the creative industries. It helps us with our SEO or our social media advice, uh, Google rankings, all that stuff. Boring, but we have to do it. And important, very important actually. Something I've been paying more attention to in recent years and it seems to be paying off. I get more random queries these days through my own website. So that's cool. Uh, today's little tip, um, I've been chatting to, I've chatted to Nick Leach, pretty regular, who is the marketing director at Hat Internet. And he came on the show a little while back and you really should go and check out that episode. Really good overview of what makes for an, an impressive, powerful website. Search engine optimization and social media profiles. How do you use that? How much do you show of your own personality? How much do you keep it professional? Important stuff. But today's tip, just a little pointer about copy on your website. It's quite important stuff um, and a few little things to think about in terms of uh, who are the people visiting your website? Who are the people you want to visit? Who are the likely visitors? What are their needs? What are their interests? Uh, and it's important to keep those questions in mind and try to answer that with the copy. Any descriptive work about yourself, about the projects in detail, about the overview of your brand and your creative you know, practice, whatever's going on there. Just little basic stuff that, again, these guys are great at flagging up when you might not consciously think about that when you're creating a website or posting a project, whatever that might be. Uh, and last, certainly not least, printed.com, my printer for the show. Just completed working on an awesome, sexy new set of promotional material and posters for the show, championing a few of our previous great guests and their bits of advice and comments and stories. Working with uh, Laura Hawkins' design on that. Really, really cool. Going to be unleashing those very soon. Uh, you may have even seen a couple doing the rounds on social media. Um, and printed are great. They're great customer service. They have ever-increasing amounts of recycled stock for any environmentally geared people like myself who don't want to kind of lay waste to too many trees. <laughs> um, you know, and they're, they're cool. And I thought I'd just flag up Andy Council's brilliant uh, print shop, which you can check out on his website. Go and have a look in the show notes for the link to that. Uh, he 
We'll talk a little bit on this episode about the Bristol Dinosaur, which has become quite an iconic piece of street art, and he'll tell us all about it a little later. But um, the print is always in demand, and that's available on his shop. And for someone like Andy who's producing these great full-colour, very uh, larger-than-life surreal pieces involving dinosaurs and monsters, um, it just shows it off fantastically in prints. And I know they're pretty popular, so go and check them out on Andy's shop, and that is courtesy of printed.com. So, today's guest, Andy Council, I wanted to talk to him because he's doing a real broad range of things. Um, he's quite specialist in the sense that a lot of these monsters and dinosaurs are quite they're quite niche, so we're going to talk about the origins of that. Um, we're going to talk about his cityscapes, his trash monsters, so we're going to talk about his more large-scale mural work. Um, what, what he thinks of the way Bristol's going as a scene, he's quite local to that area, um, from Bath originally. Um... And we're going to talk about Bristol, you know, as a, yeah, as a creative city and what it's like to deal with the public when you're working on uh, on these live artworks. He's got some great great stories to that end, some cool stuff coming up. So thanks to Andy for taking the time to talk to me. Um, really, really good guy, really cool, represented by Illustration Limited, the same agency as me. And I hope he takes some great advice from what he's got to say because he's a real multidisciplinary professional these days, doing some really uh, impressive stuff. So... Check it out. Hope you enjoy it. Let us know your thoughts on the Twitter at Arrest on the Mix. Or drop me an email, hello at bentallon.com. We get some lovely correspondence, some great feedback on the show recently, some great criticism and pointers and things that are helping me to develop. Uh, all really valid stuff, so don't hesitate to do that also. Pitch yourself if you want to be on the show. Pitch somebody who I th- you think I should be interviewing. Always nice to hear people's recommendations, so get that over. Without further ado, uh, you find me chatting to Andy Council. What, what is your background? I mean, you're from Bath originally, and have you always been creative? Or? Uh, yeah, I've always been creative, always drawing, always painting as a kid, yeah. um, always trying to turn around any school project into a poster or something I seem to remember. Yeah. Um, I don't know, my son recently asked me whether I always wanted to be an artist, and I said, well, that and a spaceman or a robot or something. But <laughs> I kind of, yeah, I got there in the end with one of them. Yeah. <laughs> what about the family? Is there anyone else creating your family? Is that, is that something that was ingrained? Um, my father is a joiner, but he uh, woodworker, and he he was really um, quite an acclaimed joiner uh, in joinery and, and uh, carving sort of uh, for churches and doorways and things like that. So I guess it came from that side of things. That's quite interesting. Yeah, I mean, I never really knew about it or gave it much thought as a child. I mean, I knew he worked with wood stuff and did drawing work for wood. I mean, it's only later on I found out I've got a great uncle who has been a painter of some some renown, and so his daughter oh, really? and his father. Wow. Um, in the sort of uh, uh, Polish side of my family, which was really interesting. That is interesting. Um, whether I don't know whether there's anything in it yeah. um, to do with you inherit any of that or not. Uh, I mean, my children are both very creative, and my partner works in performing arts as well. So we are now like a, yeah. a totally creative family unit. Okay, that's cool. That's very cool. Yeah, I've been watching the Who, Who Do You Think You Are recently, and I've, people tend to, you know. Like, like, uh, likewise, professions tend to pop up, you know, generations previous, yeah. and like you say, I guess there's no way of truly telling whether that has an influence. But no. it's quite an interesting thought, isn't it? Yeah, I like to do that myself. Yeah, <laughs> but other than that, there wasn't any real surrounding. I grew up in it was really arty. Um, you know, it, I was just 
the kid at school who drew pictures and mm. maybe drew a few pictures and swapped them for sweets a bit like early commissions. You know? Yeah, it's yeah. funny, isn't it? Yeah, people's um, best drawer in the class. Yeah, <laughs> people's <laughs> business skills at that age is quite yeah. funny, actually. Yeah. Um, that's cool. So, did you did you what, what were the steps from there? Then did you go to college and study? Um, yeah, I did in a very sort of slack around about way, really. I mean, I think I tried all sorts, tried to put my emphasis on other things at school, but it was always art I'd turn back onto, and then I, I, I went and did uh, an arts diploma at college, similar to a, a foundation. And I still really wasn't sure what I wanted to do with myself, and I knew I wanted to do something with my art. Um, but for me, from my background, I, I had no idea how anyone would make a living from doing art at all. And it, it seemed just like a real daydream thing. Uh, and when I was at college, though, that we looked at courses, and my teacher, she was very much more into the fine art side of things, and it didn't really float my boat so much. And then I looked into courses and doing animation, and I started thinking, well, there's a lot of animation studios around. It could be a way of utilising my drawing skills to get into paid work. And there was also a lot of work around the West Country at that time with places like Ardman and obviously and but also just everywhere and I just thought, yeah, it could be really good. I could get into computer games or something like that. Yeah, well, I mean and, and the way the world's going now, I suppose it's gonna become more prominent. Yeah, definitely. I mean, at the time though what appealed to me was that the course was based solely on drawing and it was drawn animation on cells and really put an emphasis on that because I, I really during my foundation year I really really focused on life drawing and drawing the human figure uh, and that was everything was really based around that and this course was really looking for that um, so yeah I studied in Bournemouth for two years doing mm. animation I spent awful lot of time working on one film only lasts about three and a half minutes <laughs> which did well in the student awards thing um, but I think the time basis of it kind of I, I found frustrating um, yeah. but it was interesting and, and I think what I really took from it was the uh, intensive drawing has shaped where I am now so yeah interestingly though as soon as I left uh, things really weren't computerised. I mean, I guess I am fairly old now, but yeah. <laughs> Are we talking more stop motion? Yeah, yeah. Kind of frame and by just, frame style. Just stuff. frame, but it was all shot like individually, you know, on a on a camera, and then edited together on like really old Steinbeck machines. Okay, that's fascinating. Uh, on reels. So there were there was a few machines there running Photoshop and 3D Studio Max and things like that, but by and large, the students didn't have an awful lot to do with that. Yeah. Uh, so in that respect, are you self-taught? Did you pick that? Did you pick the digital side of things up later on? Yeah, so I picked up using Photoshop later on. Went through um, well, fair, fairly long period of being unemployed. Um, I found really that when I returned after college, it was hard to get into creative jobs for myself. Uh, and I wound up on the dole for a bit, which in some respects I shouldn't really talk about, um, but. <laughs> It, it was a time where I kind of think I found certain voices in myself and, and made certain connections and realised that a lot of it had to come from myself and my self-determination and uh, to get my ass off the pavement and get mm. myself some money and like, learn some new skills outside of the conventional education system. So it was there, around then, that I was starting to learn to use Photoshop and volunteering my 
illustration skills for like a few community organisations I was to do with, but also around that time I may have first come into contact with uh, using spray paint. I went to college in Balfour with a friend of mine who was a graffiti artist and then it, a few years later I met him again and I think I learned some interesting skills off him as well. Hmm. It's, um, it's an interesting point there, so I, I was in a similar position, albeit not very long, I think it was about six weeks I was signing on the and um, it's a very similar thing but I, I kind of very crudely taught myself Dreamweaver, the, the, the basics, and built my first website during that time because I had this six weeks on my hands. On one hand, panicking about money and where was I going and the rest of it, but then actually this time to think and actually, like you said, a time to kind of introspect and actually and really kind of throw myself into the, you know, into the, I don't know, the pressure zone, I suppose. Um, so yeah, I find that quite interesting actually, these, these kind of periods of adversity where you, you can come out the other side yeah. hardened. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think maybe that's partly what shaped me into becoming an illustrator, um, was when I found I, at the time I, I couldn't find any work in animation studios, mm. I started thinking of other ways that I could earn money um, through my skills. Yeah. I'm not particularly skilled in any other area in my life other than doing artwork. <laughs> I think Hurricane Doris is bringing the building down around yeah, us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, in some ways it did harden me a bit, being unemployed and got me focused into being a commercial illustrator. Mm. So what's the um, what's the origin of the um, the current style? I mean, it, I guess I refer specifically to the kind of beast meets architecture uh, element of it. Yeah, that came um, that came from a commercial illustration job, uh, which is why often I do I do I do like doing commercial illustration jobs is when people set you briefs and it might not be at all the way that you think of anything, how you might have gone about doing anything before. And then you can take that idea then. So this one I was doing, when I first started out, I was doing a lot of illustration work for a company that was promoting recycling in the west, west of England. And they wanted a poster of some monster made of rubbish, like, you know, monster problem with rubbish and recycling. So there's these series of kind of monsters, trash monsters, junk monsters. And um, pe people looked over those when looking at my portfolio and were really into that. Uh, so I, I just thought I wanted to take that idea further. And at the time I was doing a few illustrations for a local bath magazine called Decode. And they had a CD compilation called Western Union they were bringing out and they wanted me to do the cover. Um, so I took the idea of the Western Union thing by bringing a union together of the Western landmarks and I couldn't think into what shape to do so I just thought I'll just do another dinosaur shape like I did the other one being lazy. <laughs> and um, I don't know if the com compilation ever came out, I think it went into print on the cover. But after that uh, people began to see it, more and more people and I brought one print out of it and it sold pretty much straight away and then more people were after it and it's something that's gradually grown this original Bristol Dinosaur illustration that I created over 10 years ago now continues to be my best-selling print that I, I don't know how many of them I've sold as a print I can't remember how many times it might have been reused by other people for certain things Mm. But it's become something of an iconic image. 
It has, and there's very there's a lot of variants on it uh, within the city and around other cities in the country as well. And I sometimes get a bit tired of it, and I try and veer away from it, particularly the dinosaur thing, because it was getting a bit of a <laughs> niche area, you know. People have got their own connotations that they put with that as well, that it's just for kids. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny enough, like, you know, an extinct creature is for children that died out 65 million years ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, it's something that keeps coming back. And I, I've tried to put spins on it into other forms and using other objects. It doesn't work for everything. I've, I've done a few that have failed or mm. don't, don't really work. But it's, it is a background thing that I apply to a lot of my pieces and yeah. to mural work. And stuff. So you're, you're, you're currently running a balance of, of, of commercial illustration, graffiti, uh, sort of street art type work. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, it's a lot to do with balancing the two, and I do find that, particularly at the moment, in the middle of a storm and that, I'm kind of glad of when I've got illustration work there, and it has worked out in general, where a lot of the time, this time of season, I, I tend to take on illustration work, or it, it tends to come my way, and in the summertime more, it's more yeah. large work. I mean, I consider myself a mural painter these days, rather than a graffiti artist or street artist, uh, a muralist. So I think there's more of a, a modern movement in that area now. Mm. So, uh, you know, I'm not a train painter and I'm not like a, a street artist in a, in a stencil uh, sense or painting a you know, portrait of a lady's face kind of sense. There's an awful lot of in the world of street art, you know? There are, that's really true actually. I never consciously clocked that, but I, yeah. That, yeah. I, yeah. It's, there does seem to be a lot of very interesting and quite, it seems to be broadening, which I, I excites me because I was never too hot on the, the traditional graffiti stuff. I understood its place and I, I admired the talent, but just personally, I, I'm more interested in seeing illustrative styles like your own that, that have come to be in a large scale now on walls. And I find that great. I, I really I think it's it. absolutely massive and has really blown up um, since the time when I started painting. Uh, and there's so many people doing it now in so many different styles some some better than others yeah I think. but I think it's interesting because a lot of people are having a go now and I think some time ago that was seen as being quite a brave move still um, I remember when I was more of an illustrator than anything else it was quite a big deal to, to produce something quite large in a public space mm. so yes it is interesting I think also it is turning back like there is a backlash within the scene as well against the street art stuff from the more traditional written side of things, um, which I actually can understand. And I often get more out of looking at the lettering and graph pieces now. I think there's a lot of very clever graphic styles going on there, a lot of interesting type of graphical work uh, and technique. It's a lot more ballsy. Yeah. So you mean you mean those guys are not are not too keen on the more illustrative side of things? Well, maybe not always. Mm. But they're taking it back a bit more, maybe to its roots of things where it is done not with uh, the gallery in mind or yeah. the audience so much of the general public. Have you done much in terms of guerrilla work? You know, as in, as in just going out there and doing it illegally. I mean, I thought you again. meant have I ever done a monkey made out of houses or something? <laughs> That's, yeah, um, I can tell you why that would be a, a difficult... I don't, know, I don't know if I should say on a podcast, Ruben. 
I mean, I, I've always skirted onto the side of those things a little bit. Um, I mean, I've got a lot of contacts who do mm. and, and have and still do that. And occasionally I might have been in on a few little things here and there. And <laughs> it's sometimes, though, it's such a grey area, you don't know what your painting is, this or that or whatever. Yeah. I found there were some interesting abandoned spaces some time ago in the countryside I used to go out and paint up old military kind of stuff mm. that had closed down that is in the middle of nowhere. I'm sure it wasn't legit but I don't think anyone cared either. That stuff I find really interesting. Yeah, I have a friend I went to college with who's good it's more traditional graph stuff and he um, he was part of a, you know a, a I don't know the right term is a, a clique of people, a bunch of yeah. people, however you want to term it, and they would do that. They would find abandoned anything from yeah. theme parks to underground passes to uh, a fall, you know, abandoned mental hospitals in some cases. And I yeah. find that stuff really interesting because it's if they're just there and rotting in it, and it is, yeah. then I think that's great. Let, let, it, let it breathe, let it, let it grow. Organically. Yeah, I, I think so. I think there's a lot to be said for that, and uh, I hope there still are these sort of places still for people to. Uh, create in these ways and to discover and as, as cities are more and more becoming developed and you know dare I say gentrified there's a lot of these hidden little corners are being lost and I think there's something to be said for keeping a bit of grime about a place and mm. a bit of character yeah I agree actually one of the reasons I brought that up about you asking you if you've done that guerrilla style but I went to a talk do you know Tristan Eaton yeah. I went to a talk by Christian Eaton at the London Design Festival and, and a lot of his talk revolved around the, the trade-off between um, sort of street art and, and, and graph work becoming a commercial thing and being very in vogue. But then the roots that these guys started out painting on the, the subway trains in New York and, and doing that illegally, but just for the sheer love of, of and, the yeah. thr and the thrill of that, and kind of the trade-off between the two, and, and, and the, yeah. a, a very interesting talk actually. Very interesting. You know, again, he had very very clashing opinions himself on it because it brings in a lot of money and it gets him good yeah. travel to other countries to do work. But then on the other hand, it, it almost felt like some of it was sterilised in nature. Yeah, just, definitely, you know, and, and that's the way I feel about it as well. And it is good to see people going out there and just doing it for the hell of it and like risking a rest and whatever just because they want to get up and do it mm. uh, and you know it, sometimes it is quite sterile it's like um, you know I'm going to be coming up to London again to paint soon but it's all arranged where I'm going to paint I mean great don't get me wrong but you know yeah that's why I'd rather sort of perhaps call myself a muralist a mural artist or something I mean I, I'm very proud of like the kind of connections I've got within the graffiti scene from a, year, a long time ago, but it's, mm. I'm like a separate entity to that now. It's a different, it's a different beast, as it were. Yeah, yeah, in more than one way. Yeah. So do you get to, do you get to travel with it with the mural work? A little bit. I mean, never anywhere particularly glamorous, really. I mean, although I went to France a couple of times and yeah. developed friends over there in the, in the French Alps. Uh, but otherwise, it's mostly around the UK, like Belfast and Birmingham. Mm. Newcastle. Belfast would be an interesting place to go and paint actually. Yeah, I painted there a couple of times. Um, great city. Mm. Lots of really interesting things going on there. I bet there's some great sort of hidden corners going on there. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I mean, I've only really been around the centre bit quite a bit, but uh, you know, it's got a lot going for it and a lot of very creative people living there. Yeah. What about um, in terms of. I've only done my first few murals recently and I speak from experience in the. <laughs> just the interesting characters that you encounter when you're out painting in public. Have you yeah. had any standout encounters to that um, end? 
Oh, yeah, I have. I've had lots of interesting encounters. I can't remember off the top of my head any right now. But yeah, I've had I've had quite a lot. I've had one guy stop me, obviously a bit off my head, and said the next painting I had to do is one of Jesus. I had a scaff rig set up somewhere, and I was painting. And someone came along, did a poo underneath it, and walked off again. <laughs> that was while there was someone down the road. They were filming Casualty at the time, and they were trying to close the street. And I was arguing with, with the director that I needed to paint my mural, and then someone came and did a poo underneath it. Unbelievable! I thought I that, was, that was a that. good look. I don't know if any of that made it on telly. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I I do enjoy going out and meeting people and talking to people to some extent although the um, oi banksy comment is sort of like I, I just don't know how to take that anymore really it's just so tired i mean yeah you know you wouldn't really start shouting at people who are acting on stage would you and just go who do you think you are like I had one uh, in, in Wiltshire doing one in his pub and generally the pubs are closed when I go and do these things and this time it had opened, they were running behind schedule and oh, this woman gets in there at 11 o'clock, totally pissed and um, started off with some genuine actually quite constructive bits of feedback that I took on board and then as yeah. she sort of degenerated into drunkenness, yeah. she's just shouting and threatening to get the management because she thought I was drawing like a penis and it's just like, oh my God. And in the end, she fell off a chair and left. But I just thought, yeah. you, you do expose yourself Brilliant. to uh, yeah, yeah. the best I, of society. There's part, <laughs> part of me, unfortunately, enjoys sort of talking to these people as a bit of a wind-up or something or like, oh, me too. or being yeah. a bit contra- confrontational if I'm in the mood for it. <laughs> And I, I sort of have to reel myself in a little bit because it's, a little, I don't know, yeah, just hide myself away for a couple of days after that. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. quite a high up experience, actually. I remember doing a painting last year on a, on a pub in Bristol and I had like a scissor lift and everything doing a really big one of this dinosaur piece that was originally painted over by accident. It made BBC News that it was painted over by accident. It was not, I, I didn't do it. A lot of people say, did you do it? So then it ended up on the news. I thought it was a real non-news story, but then they found some funding to paint me it again, and I did a bigger one next to it. Yeah, and a the guy there was sort of like, obviously pretty half-cut, and he was going, oh, yeah, you know, that, ask me that serpent or painting isn't right, it's not right in the neck. And I was just like, well, look, how should I do it then? And he was going, well, I don't know, you're the artist. And it's just oh. like, oh, I hate that, you're the artist. But yeah, I had some funny encounters on that one, somebody else leaning out of the taxi just going, oh... <laughs> Everyone crying like babies because this dinosaur thing's gone. They were like, what's it all about? And I was going, yeah, I know, it's rubbish, isn't it? You know, <laughs> Getting on side with it. I'm yeah, like, yeah. That's the best place to Disrespect to my work with it. Just <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know, it's crap. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's the ultimate. You've got nothing then. That's the, you know, you've won. <laughs> I can see his point. Yeah, I can see his point. Brilliant. <laughs> It was one of the, um, was it in Belfast you did the Star Wars theme thing? I found that quite Yeah, quite I did, cool. yeah. Um, I did that because the one I did in Belfast before was really based on the city of Belfast and there was a phoenix shape that was on an arcade that was firebombed and I think a lot of people really, uh, really touched a lot of emotion, a lot of people. They invited me back and it wasn't it was more of a fun thing not like a full-on commission or anything and i felt that i couldn't really repeat what i did before and base a piece on the city after i'd done it before in such a way and with the wall space involved i, I just thought well 
there's quite a lot of people who paint stuff and they don't really give it a lot of thought about the surrounding and the, so I thought I might as well do the same and just try and get it away from real architecture and base it on the kind of sci-fi stuff mm. uh, I used to like you know the Ralph McGuire concept art for Star Wars is really cool like his original concept map paintings and that for Cloud yeah. City so I thought I'd try and do that and see yeah. how it turned out it's quite interesting yeah yeah are you even to sci-fi stuff does it kind of does that um i i am and i'm not i mean i i try and reel it in a bit i think i try these days i try and keep star wars as the sole thing i'm really into but there's so many people who like that yeah. as well and it's become such a big expanded thing i can spend too long getting into the intricacies of yeah, like Mon Calamari battleships and what yeah. have you, and you know. Yeah, I've got a big love of um, just people's things. It doesn't matter whether it's sci-fi, whatever it is. They're they're, mm. they're sort of geek passionate. I love that. I mean, I'm a huge wrestling fan, and that's you know, yeah. Every, every girlfriend I've ever had, I've had to explain that, and I know it's not real, you know. But I love it, and and I, you know, I don't want to grow up in that respect. I think. Mm. I remember a friend of mine, uh, James Bourne, I'm not sure how much he illustrates now, Birmingham, but he used to spend a lot of time illustrating wrestlers like Ultimate Warrior and stuff. Oh, yeah? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what's going on moving forward? Do you, are you, uh, do, you do anything with motion now, animation? No, not for my own back, only if a project would need it and it would be kind of... Um, you know, maybe frames to be used in animation. I'd love to see your, your sort of beasts brought to life. I think that'd look really good. Yeah, it'd be a brilliant thing to do. Uh, I, I wouldn't really know how to do that myself. No. Or I think I'd need a lot of time. Yeah. Who knows? Watch your spare time. Yeah, I mean, uh, it'd, it'd be a good thing to maybe collaborate with somebody on. Yeah, I think, that'd be, I think that'd be nice, yeah. Like I said, I keep thinking about trying to learn the mechanics of animation, but I do. it's very exciting seeing the stuff brought. Yeah. brought into a motion spectrum yeah. yeah that's quite yeah i think that's where things are going as well I mean, not not entirely of course but especially not you know can't animate a mural but mm. <laughs> it's um i think yeah it's interesting times with um, where things are moving now digitally mm. yeah i certainly. think there's a lot of scope for that yeah even dead simple stuff with the whole, the whole gift thing you know yeah uh, stripping yeah. right down i think that's quite exciting so uh, what about bucketless jobs do you have you got anything is there anything you you sort of hold up there that you'd like to do, anyone you'd like to work with or any particular project? Um, I don't know. Anything that pays, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> within, within, you know, obviously there's, you know, within a uh, space of people I'd like to work to as opposed with people I disagree with, with their <laughs> opinions and, you know, that goes you know, I suppose it's clients, certain clients I wouldn't really want to work for, but yeah. commercially. But I mean, in terms of, I've tried pushing more into the public art sector a bit with what I do. So uh, I did some work uh, a couple of years ago, Chelsea Westminster Hospital, a huge piece there. So maybe it's sort of pushing the mural illustration work more into that field where it's it's not seen as graffiti art. Or, that's a nice brief, actually. I've seen, I've seen a couple, you know, things in hospitals like that, and I've, I've, I'm such a big advocate of that because, I mean, I, worked, I, I actually did a, a podcast with a, on a project in Morecambe, and it was a, this whole um, regeneration type thing. Mm. So, you know, six big commissions. Uh, I did one of them in town centre, and it, 
I saw great value in these kind of rundown seaside towns, particularly up north, um, that have been a little bit left behind. And I just think it does something to you when you see a work of art like that on the street, even just you know the average person walking down that street. I think it's important, and I think it's undervalued. In, to your point about the stuff in the hospital, particularly young people. I think I don't know. Would you agree with that? Do you think it's got a great value in terms of? Yeah, I think so. I think I think if the pieces are done in the correct way, in a, in a sensitive way that people who live in the area can relate to. I mean, that's what I always try and think with the pieces I do, like the painted in Blackpool last year and spent a lot of time researching the area there as well, you know, mm. and the kind of things in it. A lot of local people and a lot of older local people really like what I've painted. I think they could see past them that I was using spray paint. Could see it mm. more as a mural or public, public artwork. Yeah, it's funny, in a lot of ways I love the connections with the graffiti thing, but in some ways it's trying to become something separate from all of it, like just myself with it, and, and, and move within the public art realm, perhaps. Mm. But, uh, yeah, I mean, th those sort of things would be really good to do. I'd really like to do that sort of thing. I would maybe consider doing a, a book, maybe aimed at kids with my creatures in, I'm not fantastic. No, I'm quite sure what the story would be yet, but maybe kind of focusing on how these city creatures come into being and maybe maybe answer a few questions that I've never really raised about the whole thing. That, there's a, I think there'd be a lot of interesting scope within that narrative. I mean, I don't, yeah. Yeah, I'd really like to see that. <laughs> it could be. I mean, I'd love to do more of the city creatures, but uh, based on other cities, perhaps if there was any scope to visit like New York and research a New York dinosaur and you know that'd, that'd be tremendous be, wouldn't it things like that would be great but otherwise uh, yeah I'd, I'd, there's all sorts of things I'd like to do I'd like to I've done a bit of work within the drinks industry a little bit like live drawing and a bit of work for a cocktail beer can and I, I quite like there's some interesting bits what we're going on in that craft beer sort of field and that commercial level. I had a query about that recently actually and I was quite excited about it. I don't know whether it's going to happen or not but no. yeah th th there is I've noticed that a lot of the whole Beaver Town mm. can and all that yeah, kind, from of, that, kind of stuff. From that yeah. onwards and a lot of other people are doing that so from a commercial illustration point of view that kind of thing would be pretty yeah. interesting to do. I'd, I'm quite keen on the I'm in a beer or three when I'm out in the bay. And yeah. I, I, like, I like my craft beers. Yeah. So not that fussy about any sort of beer. But, um, <laughs> more than ciders. And that, a lot, a lot yeah. of my friends back home, of course, are more cider people in Bristol. But yeah. 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 It's an aesthetically pleasing vessel for the water to see your work on, isn't it? Is. it? Tim, as well. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, those are just a few things I can think of. I mean, animation would be good, you know, yeah. possibly. So there's a, there's not a lot of different ways could always go with my work. So, yeah. yeah. How do you find Bristol? Is it an exciting creative city to be in? It is, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, it has been. Um, and it still is, although I do have my concerns that it's on the turn now that it's being developed and there's a gentrification thing going on. And a lot of... A while back, when I first came to the city, um, it was interesting because Banksy was only just coming into prominence and he was still someone who a lot of people who I paint with now were friends with and very much uh, just one of those guys. 
he was blowing up in, in Bristol at the time and doing all these stencils and things around the city and it felt really exciting and moved to London and I think so much of it but I came in at a time where there was that sort of like something's really happening going on and since then there's been a lot of things since um, I'm not sure now whether it's so much so there's a lot it's almost become a victim of its own success a lot with its mm. oversaturation of artists and people come in there but you know you can't you can't be like oh don't move here <laughs> you know, yeah. um, but also with the with the spaces in the city um, this the spaces to paint I mean I know it's not all about the gym painting and some people just go and paint whatever that's up to them but there were at one point more legitimate spaces to paint and I'm not sure the current mayor is so keen on that and might clean up the city oh really I mean yeah I mean a similar sort of thing happened with New York didn't it where that was cleaned up and um, in Barcelona they cleaned up a lot of the murals and uh, Bristol I wonder about becoming the same way and um, also in Bristol there was a whole thing for a while where there was a lot of old spaces that the, the council and other people were renting out to artists for cheap there were cheaper artist studios I had a studio in the back of a, a library building that was really huge and dirt cheap a month um, there was like an old old fire station things like that some of these places are still around but they're becoming less and less mm. or it's becoming more and more expensive to rent a place in those yeah so I, I think Bristol's still pretty cool but I think it needs to watch itself a bit and still retain cheap areas for artists to mm. work in areas to artists to play and produce in and affordability of housing uh, I feel the same way about Manchester and uh, friends who are still there are in bands and they've hired these spaces for years and they're now watching their backs and noticing more and more surveyors coming around and, yeah. uh, and I think they, f they fear that certainly the city centre and, and seeping outwards it's a very similar thing is happening and that is like you say a victim of its own kind of cool and, yeah. and actually when that suddenly becomes something that people can monetise and start developing the dangerous way to go so be, yeah. I think people need to come together a little bit and try to retain a voice against that yeah I think so because otherwise a place will be in danger of losing the very thing that drew a lot of people there I think it's a big risk of that in London right now yeah I, c I can see that and uh, I've heard that from a lot of people and uh, it, it's interesting and I don't know what the what the end thing would be that happens to that where, where do people end up going and will, yeah. will there be then other towns and cities that would become a yeah Maybe so. I don't know. I wonder about that. I wonder if, on some levels, it could be good that, that it disperses more around the country. But then, like you say, you know, everything that made London cool in the first place is, is in jeopardy. And they, I don't know. We'll see. It's, it's an interesting thing. Yeah. It's hard to find a solution, but we'll see. Yeah. We'll see where that goes. But on a positive side, going back to Bristol, I'd still say there are a lot of very talented artists living and working there. Yeah. Um, you know, illustrators, uh, graffiti artists, street artists, performance artists, live artists. You know, there's some interesting music still coming out of Bristol. Uh, maybe not so much along the lines of what people like stereotype as being the Bristol music scene. Yeah. The whole trip hop kind of thing. Yeah, about. yeah. It's not <laughs> all of that, you know? Yeah. There, there, it is an interesting, diverse place still. Yeah, pretty much so. Well, that's, that's good. Let's hope it stays that way. Yeah. <laughs> um, right, so, 
the last thing I always ask my guests, I ask them what it's called a shark in the tank section, and I ask them for a love and a hit, and it, or a positive and a negative, however you want to do it, it can be as fun or as serious as you want, loosely within creativity spectrum, but it's a wide open question. I love the smell of Montana 94 spray paint. That's I a like, great answer. I love, <laughs> I love, I love, I love turquoise within that colour range. I do actually, yeah. Turquoise is probably quite a, a trendy colour right now though, isn't it? But I currently love that. Um, I, love, I love a bit of dirt and grime to work in. I like a bit of, bit of decay to add a bit of, uh, a bit of sparkle to. That's again a very good answer. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I'd stick with that with those for now off the top of my head. That's great. That's good. Uh, what do I hate? Uh, I hate <laughs> I hate being over directed when I'm doing a bit of work mm. um, where you might come up with what you feel is a very good piece of work that succinctly answers the question of a brief, whether that be a mural or an illustration work. And, and then I, it goes back and then a lot of other things are then asked to be put in there that totally destroy the flow and the, mm. and the style and the look of what was there originally. Yeah. I'd say that's a hate. That's, that's just another one just off the top of my head. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe not like a <laughs> top, top hate, but that's something I don't like. Uh, it's, I think a lot of people would be on board with that, me included. Yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, good direction is brilliant, but it can quite easily seep into uh, becoming too much yeah for sure <laughs> and uh, lastly where can people find your work uh, on my website uh, it's uh, perfect that's brilliant thanks for your time Andy thank you Cheers. thanks so much to Andy for taking the time to come and meet me uh, we met in Vauxhall and it was during um, the hurricane that was going on at the time Storm, sorry, Storm Doris. Was it Hurricane Doris? God knows, I can't remember. But um, it was pretty epic and it was almost bringing down the cafe that we recorded the podcast in. Apologies for a little bit of background noise there. It's all part and parcel of doing this show. To the convenience of my guests, makes it possible to get them on in the first place. Uh, get your feedback over at Arrest or Mix on the Twitter. Drop me an email if you want to do it more privately. Hello at bentallon.com. Um, cheers to the sponsors illustrationweb.com heartsinternet.co.uk and printed.com got some great guests coming up very very soon uh, ooh, got Karen McLeod coming up talking about character development and character design and what makes for an engaging character really really interesting stuff uh, I'm going to be going over to Dublin very soon to talk to the brilliant Annie Atkins, graphic designer for film she works with Wes Anderson she works with Steven Spielberg on Bridge of Spies so many stuff. Penny Dreadful, working on Penny Dreadful and some fantastic stuff. Uh, I've got my first night coming up, Sir John Hegarty, one of the original admin in the advertising industry, so that's a fantastic conversation to be had. That's coming up very, very soon. It's all going on. Uh, thanks to the Association of Illustrators for their superb support of the show ongoing. Go and check out the shortlist for the upcoming World Illustration Awards. I'm going to be part of an event on June 3rd in Hartlepool uh, for the Illustration Festival that's going on there. So you can check that out. I'm going to be part of a discussion panel talking with a few other fantastic illustrators. So do get yourself along to that. It's going to be a great event. Uh, thank you again so much for checking in. Thanks to people who've dropped me a review. Go and do that if you get a moment on the iTunes. That's always very helpful. Uh, cheers for listening guys means a lot so 
Thank you so much. Take care and have a good week. Speak to you all later. Thank you.